hello everyone this is thinking to think the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics history culture philosophy politics and current events through a critical thinkers lens i am your host the social studies educator michael antonio aponte also known as mr a every sunday we will have a new episode within these topics as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students so please subscribe share listen and let's build a critical thinking society together wow so this week has been very uh interesting if you've been paying attention and i'm gonna i'm gonna for now focus on um the united states however and this is uh this is kind of like an unwritten rule that what happens in the United States usually follows uh throughout the uh, throughout the world it used to be um england and 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 it happens it goes through cycles um but wow we have a lot to go over so i want to continue from last episode and i do apologize for uh submitting this kind of late um without getting too into it i'm just i'm still trying to get everything uh organized and ready for the new recording area and it's just been a little bit complicated um with as far as that's concerned now let's get right into it Uh, so now we have an impeachment this is the first u.s president in history to go through an impeachment twice. So I have to ask this question. How would history view this? We, you know, you can see recordings of rhetoric that has been very aggressive towards the president. um, And whether it's rightfully so or not, or it's unfair, it really depends on who you ask. And history changes over time. And we can look at like Abraham Lincoln, for example, his perfect example. He was he was not really liked. As a matter of fact, in his first term, he he was he was very criticized highly. And many people that study history thoroughly, American history specifically, will connect Abraham Lincoln as the source for giving the federal power that it has. So now we have President Trump, who, um, by this is probably the last episode with him in office. And that's going to be interesting because now we have President Biden. But I'm I'm digressing. Going back to Trump being impeached. He is impeached due to incites interaction. Now, whether or not you agree with what he said depends on your interpretation. Now, I took the liberty of transcribing the 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 speech he did. And I'm going to read this to you. And we'll go over it together. And I quote, now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious 
Assault on Our Democracy. After this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down anywhere, uh, anyone you want, but I think right here. We're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. We're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have to come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. End of quote. Um, now, Congress members and the media, depending on which, uh, if it's a left-wing, left-leaning uh, news outlet, will will highlight the walk down Capitol Hill. I'll be there with you as the as the insight to riot or insurrection. And while those opposing impeachment states, you know, those, those, it says that he's going to, you know, he'll walk with you and all this other stuff. He does immediately call for peaceful and patriotically, which more right leaning news outlets also highlight. So in the end, it is up to you to decide if you think this would be considered an insight for insurrection and deserve impeachment. And do not forget, as critical thinkers, you need to put this in a neutral perspective. Take the emotions out of your decision. If it was a loved one, for example, let's say a parent who says something like this, would you want them ruined and fired? And if the answer is no to that, but yes to Trump, then you're making an emotional rather than logical decision. Not to mention it'll make you a hypocrite. But if the answer is yes or no across both examples, whether it's President Trump or if it was your own parent, then at least you're consistent. So we have to t we have to take into account to this like it, the way i look at it is the there was a debate a big debate back in the 90s i remember this clear as day and for some of my young listeners you probably don't know this but in many states and they were thinking of actually thinking about making this a federal law in some states if a child is truant or have truancy, meaning absence, a lot of absence, playing hooky. Not only is the parent responsible, but they can get arrested. And this is fact. As a matter of fact, a, a big state that happened to enforce this was California. So you have to take that into account. Can or should parents be responsible for the actions of their children. So if the answer is yes, then chances are you, you should, you know, you should hold President Trump responsible. 
But if the answer is no to parents being responsible for the children's actions, then you need to look at this situation in a parent-child perspective. Because I, I believe that's a great example because although he did say marching to the Capitol, um, showing strength, being strong, he does also say peacefully and patriotically. So you have to make a moral judgment call when it comes to this impeachment. You know, and impeachment, you think, oh, he's fired, he's fine, he'll live his life. Not necessarily. So let me let me bring this up. What would happen if the Senate confirms the impeachment? They go to trial, find him guilty. Well, first and foremost, and the obvious one, he can't hold public office again. So he has flirted with the idea of running for re-election in 2024. That'll be off the table. But it does not stop there. It doesn't. This can also, what the Senate decide to do as part of his penalty. And it's the following. He can lose his pension, which is approximately $221,000 a year as of 2021 this year. Uh, which is, you know, for President Trump is not much. But nevertheless, lose a pension. Government allowances for an office, staff, and equipment. Okay, may not really hinder uh, Trump. Here's where it gets dicey. Secret Service security detail lost. Let's take a moment to think about that. Secret Service security detail will be lost. And now we're endangering him and his family. Now, also, and I and I don't want and I do want to add to this. Uh, also, travel reimbursement expenses, uh, which is currently one million dollars for a president and five hundred thousand dollars for a spouse of the former president, that would go away. But again, that doesn't matter. But that's th- that's another thing. Going back to the Secret Service security detail, he still has a child. People forget that he has. A minor. That's his son. So we have to think about those things. He has grandkids. So, how did this all begin? Well, how did this go on into chaos? Another thing, another, I mean, the impeachment's ongoing. I'll keep a close eye on it and I'll update uh, you guys accordingly, you all. Um, in my perspective of it, but also I, I do want to talk about Capitol Hill police. Now, a lot of people like the BLM, BLM protesters, um, and Antifa protesters saying, oh, well, they, they, um, they treated us more, more harshly. Well, a few things come to mind. One was brought to me by actually one of my students. Um, mentioned that uh, this my student's mom 
brought this up to when they were having conversations about what was going on, that police learned new tactics, possibly may have learned a new tactic and they were using that accordingly. I didn't think of that. As a former police officer, I remember we were always getting updates on um, new things we can and cannot do. Now, here's where I have... I hate to use the term, but I'm going to play the devil's advocate for a moment. Now, the Capitol Hill police, they're getting a lot of heat from what happened during these riots. Now, regardless of whether or not you are for the police, in my training as a former police officer in New York City, I do not recall anyone telling me to stand my ground against a mob of thousands all by myself. Okay, I remember them saying something along the lines of those things can get replaced. Your life can't. So I want to start there. Now, we cannot forget this department is small. This police department, Capitol Hill Police, is 2,200 members. And they actually answer to an oversight committee which is run by Congress members. These are the same Congress members that not only approve resources, but also the same ones that are criticizing the sworn officers. So let's not forget that. A lot of people don't know that. They go through a committee to get approval on finances, hiring new staff, uh, if there's any special situations in court like this one. They go, they, they, they speak to the chief. The chief makes those decisions accordingly. And according to the chief of, of the Capitol Hill Police, he asked for backup and was denied. He asked for additional resources and got denied. So let's let's talk about that. These are oh, these are controlled by Congress members and an oversight committee. So not every Congress member, obviously, but a, a group. Just like there's one for finance, there's one for defense. Well, there's a committee for this, and no one stepped up to take the blame. They all just pointed fingers. They had a scapegoat. So I guess good on them. So the D.C. police, who would have come to assisted the Capitol Police, because that's what they did during the summertime, had a cut of $15 million from its budget back in July. And it took President Trump to activate the National Guard and capital uh, to get Capitol Hill police reinforcements during the riots and the protests. Capitol Hill police, DC police worked together, but in July they had a fifteen million dollar cut. But uh, I guess police cuts like this fifteen million dollars that that entire defund the police uh, worked out great for Capitol Hill. That's sarcasm. If you can't hear the tone. Uh, but it's also frustration in my part. But the riot ended in a few hours. 
and Congress did resume the session at 8.30 p.m. That same evening. And this entire scene, although it only took a few hours, was a disgusting display, in my opinion, not only from the bad actors, but also bad leadership and lack of preparation. Now, for the lack of better term, playing the devil's advocate, it's possible that they were using new tactics and they learned from previous riots and, and backfired due to the theory over the practice. But it also could be all those other things that I mentioned. And this is was just simple research that many major networks, other politicians that weren't involved in the decision-making could have easily researched and none did. And now we have the most disturbing part of this episode, which unfortunately I can't get into because I can't find the details. I'm having a difficult that I can't uh, I'm having a difficult time. But now they're discussing new legislation that resembles of the Patriot Act. Now, they're obviously going to name it something really nice and sound fantastic to the people, but they're basically talking about adding more funding, um, adding more funding, uh, more domestic surveillance uh, based off of insurrections and domestic terrorism. But it sounds to me a lot like Patriot Act. And President-elect Biden and many other Congress people have been stating they want to look into this into more legislation, and it was the and it was the Patriot Act and the U.S. Freedom Act, which Patriot Act became the U.S. Freedom Act. See how they use those words, which led to millions of unwarranted surveillances of American citizens, which is technically illegal under several articles of the Constitution. So if you're unaware of the ramifications of this and would rather watch an entertaining movie so because you don't, you know, you're not really into the academic part of it, but you want to be entertained, I would highly recommend the, um, a movie called Snowden, which is, it's on uh, Netflix and it's based on actual events of the life of Ed. Edward Snowden. If you do not know who Edward Snowden is, you need to find out. You need to do the research. And if you don't like doing research and you want to watch a movie, fantastic movie. Though it's based on the whistleblower who was hunted down by the former president, um, Barack Obama. Now, not to defend, not to put President Obama as as you know, less or anything and put, put President Trump in a higher pedestal. President Trump did say during a debate prior to his election that he would hang him because it's treason. So he had no love, Edward Snowden. And yet he did an amazing thing. He let the world know. So... We have to be aware 
Now, we can talk about printing money. We can talk about all these other things that they're going to add on to this so they can sell it through the bill, through Congress, and then to President Biden. And they would not challenge it in the media. And it's up to you as individuals to, to understand what's going on. Because what happens in the United States eventually happens across Europe. At least this is the current generation. That's how it works. Um, like I said, um, and if... Or if I said in a previous episode, I don't recall. But it, it's happened, you know, it, it, every country had this turn of influencing the world culturally. And I believe America is at its the end of its rope with that. Um, to be honest, I kind of hope so. Because um, we brought on the whole protest, riots that started happening across the world. We, you know, our country pretty much started that um which brings me to censorship now i'm not going to go into that in this episode but we need to talk about censorship the banning of president trump and thousands of conservatives uh the banning of books from conservatives constitution issues versus private company rights that's something that we need to look into because if we are quarantined and we do not have a town hall or a meeting that we can go to anymore, where can our voices be heard? Because if you have freedom of speech in your country, but you cannot express that freedom of speech, do you truly have freedom of speech? And that's something that every frankly any citizen of the world uh, should should ask because if your country guarantees freedom of speech but yet you are censored and you're forced to stay home then do you truly have freedom of speech because whether or not you like it or not um, censorship is happening and the fact that it's starting with the United States is kind of shocking, even to me. I wouldn't have expected that. Uh, but some countries are fighting back, and I congratulate. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Poland. I know there's a few other countries that are that are presenting to ban Facebook and Twitter. And I, you know what? I'm 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 okay with that. Because if you allow oligarchy tech companies who are not elected officials dictate policy in your country, then are you really in a republic or a democracy? That's something you need to also ask yourself. So I hope everyone stays safe. It's Another downer. I mean, I guess that's how 2021 started. Um, hopefully, things will die down. I can finish up this current event situation episodes and go back to some history. Go back because I think that was a little bit better. 
<laughs> a little bit calmer because it's the past. So we don't have to live through it. Um, but we will we'll see. Um, I wish you all around the world a beautiful day and day, week, evening. Um, and do not forget to share, spread the message, spread the knowledge of being a critical thinker. It, this uh, this podcast was never to influence my way of thinking or try to conservatives versus liberals, left versus right. It's none of that. This is simply educational. I'm just giving you the information. Therefore, you need to make a decision for yourself. Um, I have my moral beliefs, which if I was to share it, uh, uh, you know, when I say it's my opinion, it's my opinion, and I will more than happy to share it. But it's my opinion. I don't feel like I'm obligated nor compelled to give you, you know, telling you that my moral values supersede yours. I am not, I don't believe in that. Um, I believe in critical thinking. I believe in, in the ability to discuss ideas because your ideas are not always correct. And I can live with that. I can sleep on that. I could look at myself in the mirror knowing I don't know everything. And I'm okay with that. So, I please share, like, five stars, review, or what have you. It does help out. It does let the algorithm work. Um, and... I will be doing some changes. I'm going to be changing the intro, outro in the next few weeks. I am setting up a interview, our first interview in the podcast, with a former congressman. So that's going to be interesting. Um, maybe we'll get some insights and some thoughts, being that he's no, uh, he's no longer in Congress. And uh, get a couple of entrepreneurs that are going through this crisis, how the crisis has affected them and and their friends because business owners do tend to work with other business owners and get an insight on their perspective as well. So hopefully that will be coming soon. I wish you all, again, a beautiful day, week, and hopefully we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society.